Two years after his release from prison, Stephen Avery is in isolation in the Calumet County Jail tonight for his own protection. Prosecutors say it's clear Avery worked very hard to hide the fact that he murdered Teresa Hallback. 12 News has learned that her bones were so badly burned, investigators have called in the FBI to positively identify her remains. Hallback's murder has shaken her rural community, but investigators say they may never give them the answers that they long for about what really happened on Halloween Day. Do we have a body or anything yet? I don't believe so. We have Stephen Avery in custody, though. Investigators said today they found the remains of an adult female on the Avery family property in Manitowoc County. Investigators now say they've not only found several pieces of evidence that prove Stephen Avery did kill Teresa Hallbach, they say he tried to cover it all up. It is no longer a question who is responsible for the death of Teresa Hallbach. Today we're talking about a story full of twists and turns that has absolutely captivated the nation and caught the attention from Hollywood to the White House. The controversial hit Netflix documentary Making a Murderer thrusts the story of a small town Wisconsin man, Stephen Avery, into the spotlight and has everyone asking, is an innocent man sitting behind bars for a crime he did not commit? Take a look. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, well, um, welcome to Stoner's Point Podcast. Um, it's been a hectic fucking month. It's been a hectic couple of weeks, actually. Um, I have been moving and uh, kind of a halfway across the state from where I was. But now <laughs> <they're>... <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so we got a recording studio kind of half-assed set up uh we were going to try and do video with y'all today um but we, we failed there uh just a straight failure um just not smart enough to figure out modern technology i'm sorry <laughs> it's a big leap from paper to video it, it, yeah you know I'm i'm working on it man i'm working on it uh so Today, we are going to be talking, I guess we're doing Avery? Yeah, yeah, let's get into that clusterfuck. Yeah, so uh, it's our vote, it's our uh, patron topic, uh, well, voted topic. Basically, uh, the good Lord Dustin has seen fit that we do this topic, and uh, his explanation for such was that he had never, uh, he, he had no idea what the hell it was about. <laughs> he had never heard of it. <laughs> That's a good reason to want to know something. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, on that, you know, somebody needs to challenge his authority. Get yeah, on there and yeah, you know, be able we, to vote for next month's topic. We're living folks. under, sure, a, a kind and gentle dictator, but a dictator nonetheless. <laughs> we need a little democracy up in here. <laughs> I got my cigarettes. All right. Well, Mike, feel free to talk shit about me for the next 30 seconds. <laughs> Can't even keep your own damn habit straight. <laughs> but yeah, folks, I don't know uh, how many of you folks know about this particular case, but it, it is a doozy. Old uh, 
<laughs> Mr. Avery, apparently uh, was uh, charged for a crime he did not commit, oh, so many years ago, and spent, what, what was it, 19 years or something? 18 years. 18 years uh, for the assault of a woman that he was 40 miles away from at the time <laughs> of the assault. Surrounded by family. <laughs> yeah, with, with 16 witnesses and a printed receipt with a timestamp on it, showing he was somewhere else, but, you know, apparently somebody had a hard-on for him, and, yeah, yeah, he was found guilty of it based on an eyewitness of the traumatized woman that was led to believe that this was the person and then shown this person and picked them out. And a whole bunch of other crap come up with it about somebody calling in from the jail and saying that they had done a crime that somebody was else was in jail for. And, you know, apparently the, the officers involved in all that, they knew about it and they just didn't say anything. So he spent more time in jail than he should have after somebody realized that they had the wrong person. And, well, you know, finally something happened and he was able to get out. Um, nobody said sorry. Nobody said anything. And he tried to get his own little bit of justice back by, uh, you know, rightfully filing a lawsuit for improper pr imprisonment. And then another big story broke with the same person. Uh, and that's the part of it we're going to be jumping in today is with Mr. Stephen Avery and a Teresa Halbach. There's a Halbach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So, yeah. Um, so there was a, there, there was a lot. Uh, he was born in 62 uh, to Alan and Dolores Avery. Um, in 65... His, uh, his dad and his mom operated a salvage yard in rural Gibson, Wisconsin, uh, in Manitowoc County, on a 40-acre lot where they lived outside town. He has three siblings, uh, Chuck, Earl, and Barbara. Um, he went to public schools nearby the area. Uh, he went to an elementary school for slower kids, according to his mom. And that's her quote, for slower kids. Um, school records from 80, yeah, school records showed his intelligence quotient, his IQ was at 70, and that he barely functioned in school. Um, 70 is in the, uh, it's in the two percentile of IQ, which basically means 98% of the population is smarter than him. Or has if you believe the IQ kind of yeah. basis of mentality. Right, right. Um, when he was 18, uh, he broke into a bar with a friend. Uh, got sentenced to two years, did 10 months of it. Um, and the next year, basically right after he got out, he threw a cat, his cat in a bonfire and watched it burn until it died. He dunked it in oil and then threw it. I in. was getting to that. Yeah. Now, yeah they, in that, the documentary, he said, people would harp on this saying, oh, he tried to say it was an accident. No, he said it was a mistake. But that's. But the person that was with him said he held him into the damn fire. Wouldn't well, let it out. When he, when he said mistake, I took it to mean that it was a bad decision. Is is the way he meant it, right? Yeah. But this is this is something a little bit beyond bad decision. This is actually signs of early, some of the earlier signs of you know psychopathy. Yeah, this this is a series of bad decisions that led to the bad decision. Now going back on that psychopathy thing, as a child. Well, not as a child, but when his younger sisters and siblings were coming up, uh, there was allegations of molestation from him to them. Um, he said nothing's ever cut. There's never been any kind of like charges on it or anything like that, you know. Uh, but yeah, he uh, in let's see, go to a slide. 
cousin's car off the side of the road. When she pulled over, he pointed a gun at her. And uh, basically, she had been telling people that he had been masturbating out in the front yard and shit like that. And, which actually with everything else, I kind of believe that. The thing is, though, that this cousin was actually married or dating, I can't remember which, a uh, Manitowoc sheriff. Like, not the sheriff, but a sheriff's deputy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I, I haven't I actually tried to find out which one it was, and I couldn't. <laughs> but um, as a result, he has now a sheriff's deputy with a, you know, a, a bug in his ass about Stephen Avery, someone who molested his, his girlfriend and is you know, jerking off in front of her and shit. Now he's trying to do something about it. And it, it, it's already known in town that he's kind of a piece of shit by the cops. Um, so, in 1985, a woman is brutally attacked and sexually assaulted while jogging on Lake Michigan. Um, well, on the beach of Lake Michigan. You can actually jog on Lake Michigan at certain types of year, certain times of year, but July is, is Probably not that time. Probably a few months away from that. <laughs> yeah. um, so, the, the police uh, give her a photo lineup, right? And in that photo lineup is Avery. Now, if you look at slide five there, next one over. All right, so that picture on the left there is Stephen Avery during his, uh, uh, his arrest for animal cruelty, right? Yep. And the other guy on the right, I couldn't find the, there's a picture of him with the beard at this time. Um, but, so he actually looks more like, what the witness, you know, had his picture been in the photo lineup, she would have picked him instead. But, you know, the cops are like kind of pointing their finger on, on Steven's photo, like, which one did it? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They've, they've got an opportunity here to, to get rid of somebody that's a thorn in somebody's side. Yeah. And, and there's even evidence of this. Uh, the guy who, the, the cop who did the, um, the, the, what do you call it, the fucking, the sketch, he did the, the sketch. actually sketched Avery instead of what was described. An older, an, yeah, an older picture of Avery. This picture from '83 or whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it isn't what Avery looked like during the time this crime happened. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody's disputing that this particular no, point they, happened, and yeah, was you know he was framed for this, and yeah. was well you know, the sheriff's office. They get a call. He, he gets <coughs> convicted for this, um, and he goes to prison for for fucking ever. Uh, a brown around 1995. This is almost this is this is almost ten years after his his conviction yeah, it's been for over the rape. Nine years when somebody called and said that they had, well somebody had admitted to somebody that yes, they had done Gregory a crime that Allen, somebody else the done. guy in the picture right here, Gregory Allen, has uh, he confessed to Brown County police detective that he um, had committed an assault in Manitowoc County and that someone else was in jail for it. Uh, the jail officer transferred the call to Manitowoc County Detective Bureau. Deputies recalled Sheriff Thomas Kukurik telling them, we already have the right guy, don't concern yourself with it. So they made no report, which they're actually required by law to do, right? Yeah. Now, later, much later, DNA evidence comes up. And, uh... <laughs> uh hold on Never mind the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> actually, one moment. 
But yeah, we had some uh, situation outside. But uh, to move on, um, <laughs> it's always something, folks. Uh, yeah, uh, Alan had actually done this crime, and he admitted to it, and it was overlooked again. Uh, but the whole thing is, even before he was convicted, he had receipts. He had 16 witnesses to show, say he was somewhere else. He shouldn't have been put in to begin with. He, he could prove his innocence. Um, even after this guy confessed, not by name of the person, of course, but he did confess to it, and it come up. So, you know, the, the sheriff's there, there. There's only been you know a handful of assaults, so they should be able to put it together that this was it. Um, but they still, you know, never mind, we got it, and it's good. And they let him sit in jail longer. And it wasn't until some advancements in uh, the DNA uh, tracing of evidence and stuff could come out that could actually prove that it was not Stephen Avery. So they finally let him out. Um, but that's not the end of it. You'd figure that'd be done, and you know, they would have to you know, bow their heads in shame and take their licks. You know, some people get fired, some along, something along those lines. But yeah, none of that actually happened. Um, everybody that was involved in the the framing of Stephen Avery and that, they're, they're, they're still happy little sheriffs at this particular time. Uh, yeah. And yeah, Avery finally gets out, and you know, nobody takes any blame. Nobody has to, to walk the shame, nothing like that. And, um, well, Avery takes out a, uh, a lawsuit. $36 million. And, he and actually, I think that's pretty damn small, even for the damn time, for how much time he had spent in jail. Yeah, he actually said, though, that he didn't care if he got $5, that he just wanted them to be held accountable. And um, so, like, they, they start doing depositions for this lawsuit, right? And it, it, you start to get a picture of, of you know, not that not the ball was dropped, that they intentionally framed him. Oh, they kicked the ball off the court, bro. <laughs> right, right. Like you see, if you see through these deposition videos, like they 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 legitimately framed this man. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff that did that deserves mistrust in police force. <laughs> you know, right. not not individual things where you know some possible shady. Yeah. This is absolute underhanded bullshit. <laughs> now, let's talk about. Let, let's talk about Manitowoc County and what a $36 million lawsuit that insurance had already said nope. Yeah, this, <laughs> we can tell this was on, on purpose. This wasn't an accident, motherfuckers. Y'all paying this shit, you see. Yeah, so let's talk about this $36 million lawsuit. It would have become Avery County. Um, there is, there, that was more money than is the entire net worth of everybody in the county. And if they were smart, they should have just went ahead and done that. If they had sold every acre of Manitowoc County, they would have still come up like fucking $6 million short. <laughs> like, they, he was getting ready to own this town. Well, so, they could have done something else underhanded and shady and artificially inflate the, the, the price of per acre of their property and just give it to him <laughs> as a, hey, yeah, we're sorry. Yeah, here's, here's an entire county. <laughs> yeah, he was about to become a, like a feudal lord. <laughs> um, so, on uh, let's let's talk a little you bit. Just about, can't have that kind of shit, though. Let's man. talk a little bit about Teresa Halbach at this point. Uh, next one over. There we go. All right. Um, so Teresa Halbach was born in 1980, March 22nd, in Kaukuna, 
Wisconsin. Yeah, this is the first time I've actually looked at a close-up photo, an actual photo of this girl. And I say girl because, you know, I'm she fucking, was, I'm, I'm seven years older than Dirk. She was 25. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, I hate to speak ill of the dead, but that does not look like a 25-year-old woman. This Wisconsin. This Wisconsin. Okay, that don't even look like a 35-year-old woman. <laughs> It's not a very good picture of her. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying she's, I'm not saying she's, you know, bad looking or anything like that. I'm just saying, I mean, she looks like an absolutely wonderful looking forty-five to fifty-year-old woman. <laughs> oh boy! I don't know. She's she's got that age look to her, man. It's she it's in her eyes. It's it's face. it's in everything. See, it's like looks she's, like she's seen some shit. Yeah, that um, kind of. I'm not. But I'm, she actually apparently had like a super awesome. Her, her life was easy as shit. Um, her her she had she grew up on a dairy farm, um, out in middle Wisconsin. Uh, she would babysit her younger sisters while her two brothers and her dad tended to the cows. Uh, herd of more than sixty. Um. She's from the class of 1998 at Hilbert High School, graduated uh, summa cum laude from the University of Wisconsin uh, with a degree in photography. Um, says my brain fart. This was 95, 96, wasn't it? What? When she died? Yeah. Uh, the K, yes, from 2005. Yeah, I took, yeah, 2005. Um, yeah, uh, she was, said that... Uh, one of her closest friends said was an energetic, spontaneous person. They were always up to something. Uh, she traveled around a lot. She went to Australia. You know, uh, she was a volleyball team coach for her sister's seventh grade volleyball team. Um, Much better person than Avery. Fuck yeah. She, yeah. And uh, so she worked for Auto Trader Magazine. And everybody's seen these, right? Um, yeah, a little free rag you get outside the grocery store so you can find you, your your next project car or you know, sell one. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so she, her, she, what she would do is somebody would uh, call Auto Trader and be like, "All right, I got a car for sale," and they would send out this one of their like they had like these freelance photographers mm-hmm. that would go out there and take pictures for Auto Trader. The general way it's done is you call Auto Trader. They call a photographer, right? Well, Stephen, after the first time meeting her, after his release from prison, um, from there on, found a way to contact her directly several times. Now, they owned an auto salvage yard, so, I mean, yeah, they, they have cars for sale. Maybe she <laughs> took it, you know, and, and they, it was, yeah, hey, I can get all the money from every car that you sell instead of it going to somebody else. It would have been a perfect little deal for her. You know, freelance photographer right. being well, able to get a little bit of a corner on a market a while, in the county. Avery starts to freak her out. Well, he's, he's, he is kind of a creepy guy, and especially if he's if he's making passes at you, and then he's like, you you come over there, and he comes out there in a naked except for a towel. I mean, you you know, he creeps her out. So she tries to not go back out there, and so there's actually like a couple of times the auto trader like he she like blocks his number, you know. So he starts, he goes, he calls her from his sister's phone, Barb's phone, right? This is Brendan Dassey's mom. Um, calls her from her phone and, like, 
says that instead of giving his name for this minivan he wants to sell, he gives his sister's name. Now, the minivan is in his sister's name, which is one thing that gets brought up on the defense side of it. It's like, well, of course, it wasn't his vehicle. He was just handling it. The vehicle is actually, the title is in Barb's name. So I, I honestly think, though, that with him obfuscating his number, blocking his caller ID and, and shit like that. And never saying that it was him selling some visit vehicle for somebody else as a concierge. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he gave that name. His I, name was I, I never there. I do believe he deliberately, he deliberately did it. it. Yes. Um, I, I, I don't feel <laughs> at, at all upset about that one. Um, so... Which is there. the first smoking gun to, that gets them to be making it so easy to go whatever direction they did, either. You know, and that's that, that's eventually the point in question is, I don't know if we ever said this. You know, did this guy get framed or not? Well, we'll get there. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if we ever let the audience know that was the intention. Yeah, you know, they mean, might not know anything, but that that's the whole point of the the the. The controversy around it, and the the reason it's become such a hot topic, if anybody even looks at the name on Google. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah everybody on Google's got an opinion about it, right? And and the the documentary, well, well done. <laughs> oh yeah, it was an ex- it was an excellent piece of cinema cinematic work. <laughs> I'll give it. In that. fact, and and my my opinion on Avery's guilt and innocence, it comes and goes like the tide. I'll I'll find something that makes me go hmm. But then I'll find something else that makes me go, uh, Well, almost after every episode in that Making a Murderer on the first season, you're like, yeah, there ain't no way he did it. Did you actually watch it? Yeah. It great cinematography. It was one-sided as fuck. Yeah, exactly. It was very, <laughs> it was very one-sided. That's where I was getting at with it. But they do very well. And the, they don't give you any wrong information. They do leave some information out. Um, but we're, we're getting to... We're, we're, we're going to cover the information as it's there. Yeah, that part of the I just want to make sure we knew where we are. I want to go at this particular episode pretending that... I wanted to catch up to people that are over here like, wait a minute, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah, if you, you know? have no idea what you're talking about, go ahead and pause this and go watch Making a Murderer, right? And then come back and finish it. Uh, you don't even have to go that far. Uh, I, I would recommend it. It's actually a great watch if you like any kind of murder mystery kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's, it was really well done. It, it is. Um, but that being said, you can go on to YouTube and, and watch a 15-minute video of somebody actually you know, going through it and catching the highlights and be done with that part in about 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been done to death. People have condensed the shit out of it and just say, here's the hot parts and you know, the rest of the speaking points to fill up the fucking time is you know, deleted. Because <laughs> it was pretty long-winded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, but... Uh, the courtroom, the, the, the courtroom part of it was like my favorite part of it. Honestly, I've really just watched hours of courtroom footage, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> um, also another real. If you really want a good source, and it's uh, you need to go to StephenAveryCase.org. Mike apparently had problems. I did not, um, but it is like every single document, photograph, audio transcript, uh, audio file. Everything from the court, both both, uh, Stephen and Brendan's court cases, um, all together in one place, and it's indexed, and you can you can go right through Uh, all these. All the photos today actually came from there. Um, So yeah, uh, definitely check that out. 
like I said, and if I've never heard it, go, go watch Making a Murderer. It's, it's worth a watch, and it'll give you an overall of the case, but I'm coming to this episode pretending that there was no documentary, right? Because that, that, it is very, very one-sided. Um, there. Um, where was I going with this? Okay. Teresa just got lured. Teresa just got lured. Um, so at 2.27 p.m., Auto Trader calls Teresa Hallbox's phone. Uh, she answers and tells them she's 10 minutes away from Stephen Avery's residence, right? At uh, 2.30 to 2.45, witnesses Bobby Dassey says that he saw Teresa Hallbuck arrive and take pictures of the van before walking towards Stephen Avery's trailer. Uh, he then said that he went inside the shower. When he came back, he saw the RAV4 out there, but not Teresa. Um, at 2.41... Uh, a call is made to Teresa's phone, an incoming call. Um, and her, prior to this phone call being made, she'd already set for all of her phone calls to go to voicemail. Um, yeah, a bus driver at 3.30, between 3.30 and 3.40, testifies that she saw Teresa Hallbuck taking pictures of the van, which is actually way before Bobby, da way after Bobby Dassey's. But, uh, so either... Yeah, at that time, Bobby's supposed to be in the woods hunting. Uh, yeah. Because so, it was like 2, 2.30 or something like that yeah. when he had told the uh, folks that he was, he had left and seen her there taking pictures because he was going hunting when she was going to the trailer. Yeah. Um, Steven said that Teresa was only there for about 10 minutes. So, right away, Bobby Dassey or the bus driver is lying. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, somebody... <laughs> Yeah, is lying. Uh, we can already like I said. And, we, yeah, it depends on what city you live in. If you can trust a bus driver with time. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, at three thirty, also a propane driver uh, said that he filled his truck of propane near Avery's property. I guess their filling station's right around the corner, and uh, he saw. Her, he says that he saw the RAV4 leave the property. He didn't see who was driving it, but he did see that RAV4 leaving the property at 3.30. Who did? Uh, John Lerquin, a propane truck driver. Okay. He was at a building station, kind of catacorner. I missed that. Yeah. Um, so he tested, uh, Brendan, all right, let's back up on that. So at this point, she ends up like, Let's, let's skip ahead. Where the hell? It's like, how many days went by? Like four days? Three days later? Her uh, mother caught her missing two days later. Let me see here. I got everything pulled up, but it's on this computer. Back and forth. All right. Yeah, she disappeared on October 31st. Um, Yeah, I can't. I can't find. I can't find the information on when she was reported missing. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. So, but I, I know. I know what happened here. Um, so she gets. She gets reported missing. Uh, they. They find out through Auto Trader and whatnot, and through her calendar, her like little calendar book. You know that she was supposed to be meeting up with Stephen Avery. Um. Like, they, they come talk, like, the news comes out there and talks to Hey Steven, and he's like, yeah, she just came and got, you know, came and took pictures and left. Yep. Um, I watched that interview. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, the odd, something about that interview, when the news reporter was standing there talking to him, they were standing in Stephen's backyard by the burn pit, and she was standing on on bones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right there where I was done. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the three spike places they were down. Yeah, so I pulled up the, the next picture over. Actually, there's a picture of Teresa and her at four. And then the next one is... Uh, the Stephen Avery's, the Avery family. He's doing well off to have that in 05. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, all right. Stephen Avery's house, and you can see my mouse, so I know you can't, buddy. But this is the, you see the big. The yeah, big, I know the layout. Yeah, all right. So his house is over here, right? They have a auto crusher, like a car crusher. And that is actually like over on this right side somewhere, kind of along that firm wall over here, right? Yeah, there's his house, there's the burn pit. Okay. Um, yeah, so the auto crusher's over here. The car was actually, her car was found uh, over here by this pond on the top left corner. There's like a little line of cars on the, right there. And hers was actually kind of right smack in the middle. Um, and it's found by, so they, they have, uh, about the, the day she goes missing, this APB goes out. And an uh, officer, was it Link? No, it wasn't Link. It was the other piece of shit. Um, what was his fucking name? I got it written up there. Uh, Colburn. Officer Colburn. Makes this call into dispatch, right? And calls in a code for a... Uh, he calls in a code for, like, if basically he's looking at a license plate getting called in. He calls in Teresa's license plate number. Um, and he confirms the making. He's like, she says, oh, you know, okay, well, this license plate goes to Teresa Hallbach. He's like, uh, is it a RAV4? And she's like, yes. And he goes, okay. And that's the end of his call to dispatch. So the day she's gone missing, Colburn sees her vehicle. And he's not on the Avery property. He's just somewhere riding around and sees her vehicle somewhere. Right? He calls it in, checks, find out who it is, gets off. Colburn was one of the people who was under the gun for this $36 million lawsuit. Right? So, also they, they uh, when, so the next day um, they find the, the search party had involved her mom and everybody. They get permission from Stephen Avery's brother to walk around the car lot. And within 20 minutes, and look how big this motherfucker is, right? <laughs> within 20 minutes, they find it. Uh, they find her car. And when the call comes over the radio that they have found the car, they basically, the guy goes, okay, well, we found the RAV4. They said, yes. They said, well, is Stephen Avery in custody yet? Like, before they have even said where the fucking thing was found, <laughs> there's already somebody on the radio, well, is Stephen Avery in custody yet? They've already planned to arrest Stephen Avery for this missing person case. They haven't even found evidence of a murder yet, right? There shouldn't be any knowledge that anybody's been murdered or any wrongdoing has been done. There's a, you can't prove a crime has been committed. Why are you immediately saying that Stephen Avery in custody yet? Well, I have I thought about that, and it's the same people. Remember, these people did not get... Yeah, there's like any, eight cops in the whole fucking in the yeah, whole county. <laughs> they, they, they did not have to walk away from their job when they were shown to have 
locked him up the first time. <laughs> Falsely. <laughs> These are the same fucking people. Yeah. Promoted and shit. Okay. Now, with that lens, you, you, you hate this bastard, right? <laughs> He's got you by the balls. <laughs> Something bad happens, and you, you, you've already this this guy's you know he he's a bad apple, and you know now he's you, your bad apple. I mean, I could see it said as a joking manner that it's got to be him. You know, can, please God, can it be him? <laughs> Anybody, please just tell me it's him. You know that kind of a, a mentality. Yeah. But, um, See, that's the thing, but, that it already yeah. shows a frame of mind. It, it, I get that. Yes, exactly. It, it's a frame of, yeah. Um, it, you've lost what the lawyers are calling the presumption of innocence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when the guy has got you by the balls, you really, really, really hope it's him. And he, you know he's, he fits the profile. Uh-huh. Now, how far are you willing to go? <laughs> right? Uh, how far are you willing to go to make sure it's him? Well, that's that's the thing. What? Well, was it said out of some kind of, you know, backhanded college frat boy jokingly manner, or was it actually a, a precursor to a whole trip into premeditated oh, I see, setup? I see what you're saying. As far as the joke manner, like, well, he's <laughs> very good at yet. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the, uh, so... That's the only reason I can even come up with, and that's me going far out on the limb of me trying to justify all kinds of bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, let me scroll down here. But yeah, (laughs) these are the same damn people. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, there's probably something. There's uh, There's some underhanded shit. All around, there's enough fucking bullshit in in this county for every single one of the people involved to share in it. <laughs> just both on on every every side involved in this is just it's all weird and strange and messed up and horrible. Yep, uh, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> including the mother during the interview that shed not a tear that her daughter is missing. Yeah, and the boyfriend who didn't say anything for like four days. That that was weird too, right? And didn't you know, I like I think her boyfriend was like friends with Bobby. Which led me down a whole different path of trying to figure this thing out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, the, these guys found the car pretty quick now. Ridiculously quick. On, on that they knew where to look. Well, where that car was at, if somebody did a what would be a standard search pattern, the first search pattern, you you know the most efficient search pattern, the, a, a nautilus, a spiral pattern, yeah. You're usually starting from the middle and working your way out, but if you're already on the outside, you can work your way in. The same thing, same thing. And you know you pull up to the house and then you walk the property searching for anything new, and you would in a salvage yard situation. You're, you're they're supposed to make sure no stolen vehicles so, are showing up every once so in a while. So, Pa Avery, right? If you're still looking, you still got the map pulled up there? Uh, yeah. So, Mon Pa Avery, right? If you see the big square on the left, that's the shop. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that little gray square just beside it, that's Mon Pa Avery's house. That's where they went to get permission, either to the shop or to the house, 
to get permission to look for her car. Yeah. Now, if they left from there and decided to go straight back after getting that permission, then, okay, yeah, they would have seen it across that little pond up on the hill. And the next photo... Well, you would, you would come out and you'd follow that little path over there down the right... You would be off the left-hand side of the cars heading up to, I presume, north on the picture over toward the pond and looking at all of those cars over there that looked like they would be going into yeah, the crush if you first. Look at it, I, the next picture over is the picture of the RAV4 in, in, as it was. Oh, uh, yeah. Barely. Yeah. Like, almost, try, almost obvious, right? It would stand out. So if you're across the pond from it and you see that, it, it stands out that something's there. Right? And it's not like the other ones where there's, yeah, there's leaves and shit, but this one there's shit stacked up in front of it. I mean, it's, it's weird, right? Not from a person that's lived and worked in a, a, a scrapyard. No, that that's that doesn't look out of place at all. Yeah. Nope. Just that, Not what, a bit. What if that's the one car like that? Well, it would stand out to somebody in the scrap profession or from law enforcement because that is too new of a vehicle for a scrapyard. It's not unheard of. But it's something that would draw attention to say, yeah, I need to go check that and make sure it's not stolen. Um, the license plate for this was found in a, all fucked up and in the back of a, another car that was on the property. Like the window had been busted out, the license plate thrown into the back seat, and it was like kind of crumpled up. Then how did the guy run the license plate to begin with when he first found the car? Well, he didn't find the car. It was a family member that found the car. Well, you said the officer called in on dispatch with, like with the, the license plate. Before. Yeah, uh -huh. they hadn't searched the property yet to find a no. detective. So how did he call in the tag, the license exactly. plate? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and the next picture over is like the back of the Rav Four with branches just like clumsily leaned up against it. Um, it does look like that, but you know, from somebody that's lived in the scrapyard, if there could have been some other work to another vehicle that had all that stuff put on it. That vehicle had to come out to get the transmission taken out, so whoever was grabbing that car that was getting work done would have grabbed all that stuff out of their way and just sat it up on that car right next to it. Little organs pile. It could look. That, that picture from the RAV4 with all the debris on it, yes, it looks like it's been placed there. It could have been placed there in a perfectly logical situation in a scrapyard. That's, I've lived in a freaking scrapyard. <laughs> I grew up in them. That, that, that's, that's my playhouse. You know, that looks perfectly normal. <laughs> now, the model, make and model of a vehicle in a scrapyard, full slightly of, out of place. Full of 80s models and 70s model cars. Yeah, you're, you're slightly out of place there, but it's not unheard of. Um, but, yeah, that would warrant if anybody's doing a check of the property to make sure there's no stolen cars. Yeah, hey, i got to go check that. That's way too damn new. And he would have run the VIN number because there's no tag on it. <laughs> so, again, why in the fuck was the license plate called in if it didn't have a license plate on it? Yeah. So, did that happen? Did it happen like that? That's the question on that. Him calling it in, did that actually yes, happen? That event? audio. That, yeah, okay. There is audio of that. that he called into dispatch. Because he wanted, he, like, people say that he was just repeating, he, he, like, an APB went out, so he gets it up on his screen, right? They're saying, no, he was just confirming. You have it on your screen. Or you say you're confirming the information. You don't call in. There's a code. It's like a, 
at 14 or some shit like that. Yeah. Which means I need to run this plate. <laughs> now, even dispatch in this situation would have had a bulletin right there in front of them to be, you know, or when they typed it in the computer, it would have popped up. This person's missing. Every bit of that information should have been there. And it should have pulled up a flag that that vehicle belonged to a missing person. And, hey, you know, look into this. I mean, right at that point. But, yeah, so. But it didn't go any further than that till the next day. Yeah, when, yeah, so the next day is when. When they found the license plate crumpled up in another well, vehicle. Well, yeah, the, the, they found the license plate, I think, the same day. Um, yeah, a Pam Stern, who is a former private investigator, discovers a Hallbox <laughs> SUV inside the ivory on the salvage yard. After about 15 minutes of searching, still believe Um She called to say it's a RAV4. Uh, there's no license plate on it, so she leaves off the VIN number, and they confirm that they, 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 don't, they don't confirm to her. They just tell her, ask her where she is, and tell her not to touch the vehicle. Um, 30 minutes later, the first officer responds to the Avery property and sets up a command post. Um, at 2 p.m., Tom Fassbender arrives, appointed lead investigator, and they start applying for a search warrant. Um, right after this is when you get that call of, do we have Steve Avery custody yet? Um, shortly after that, search warrants are obtained for the Avery property, and an eight-day search begins. Uh, he is not allowed on his property. Um, cadaver dogs are brought in. Uh, they, they find they do aggressive dog searches behind the trailer. No, aggressive dog behind the trailer prevents the search of the permanent area, um, which surprised me they didn't just fucking shoot him. That's what cops That's do. What cops do, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but they ended up, the cadaver dogs did hit on Teresa's SUV. Um, the police impound the vehicle and take it to the Wisconsin Crime Lab. And, uh, yeah, they hand the investigation over to Calumet County to avoid the appearance of impropriety, right? They're basically saying, like, look, we'll su- provide support, but we're not doing this search. We're not fucking, because we, you know... We had a conflict of interest to come up. And, you know, they, they're like, yeah, okay. Thank. They're like, okay, cool. The cool thing is they did this, and then they didn't go anywhere. <laughs> they didn't fucking go anywhere. <laughs> they're like, oh, they're just loaning us equipment. No, they were there the whole time. The whole fucking time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which negates the whole thing. It seems like instead, it doesn't, they're like trying to avoid the appearance of impropriety. But all they wanted to do was give the appearance of avoiding the appearance of impropriety. <laughs> yeah, these are truly cops that don't know how to be cops. Right? And um, they, enter, they enter Stephen Avery's home and uh, go to the next picture. Oh, what we got there? That is hanging on a display case in his living room. Next to his, you know, raise hell and praise Dale pictures of NASCAR. Because, you know, he is poor and stupid. <laughs> He's hung that up. Yeah, it doesn't look like a shrine at all. I didn't know about this. This wasn't brought up in the documentary. This wasn't brought up in any of the counter documentaries I watched. I found this in the case files. <laughs> And that's when I said, this son of a bitch did it. <laughs> All right? Or know something about it. <laughs> or know something about it. So they do a search, and they find that, and they actually videotape this search. And there is a 
uh, Manitowoc County Sheriff Deputy. She's a girl. She's holding the camera. Now, of course, he is a freak, and he has been trying to hit on her, and you know, to the point of being you know, the whole caveman male to her, and you know, freaking her out a bit. It could be just him putting up a picture of his girlfriend. You know, he does have a low IQ. He is a bit slow by his mother's standard. Um, so I don't know. I don't agree with that assessment. I've heard him talk. He's obviously not the most educated man. I can't exactly say I am, <laughs> but um, I'm not trying to pass judgment on it. But he, he's he's not stupid. Um, I'm just put it there. I hate using the word, but we all know what it means. Let's get over it. And he's not stupid. He's slow. He ain't the He's brightest bulb in the box. I, I, like, to me, when I saw this, though, that really was like, man, that, he did this shit. Because who else would, it, it, this seems more like that than he just, oh, I know this girl. Or it's all the other pictures than of people he knows. <laughs> he puts it up next to, you know, if you go into my living room, there's a whole bookshelf of Stephen King shit, right? Things that me or Jessica put on a high regard are on that shelf. If I put a picture of somebody on my shelf of Stephen King shit and her Nightmare Before Christmas shit, it means Look into something. It. <laughs> <laughs> it means something, right? <laughs> I'm with you there. Like um, I said, but you know, if we go on the he he's the duck the duck kid, um, then it could be his picture of his girlfriend. In, in, well, he has a girlfriend who's in jail. At this uh, it could be a picture <laughs> of his girlfriend. We. If we've got to believe that he's you're that kind of fucking slow, then you know you can almost expect something it at of least that shows level. That he obsesses over her a little bit. Yeah, if, at the very I least, could be pushing, yes, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm trying to. You know, you know I've, I've got to play that devil's advocate side. <laughs> I'm aware. I'm aware. It's just that the devil's advocate side on this one's a little weak. I know. <laughs> on this particular it is. photo, but um, you know, he could have got hit in the head too hard, and it's his girlfriend. <laughs> he does uh, so work around heavy machinery. Search, it could happen. They, they, they videotape this whole search. Um, <laughs> and they're looking at a letter that he has, right? It's on camera. And it's basically from the Innocence Project thing from where he got exonerated. Yeah. They're going to have like a, a dinner get together of exonerees. And she's like videotaped. This cop is videotaped. Like, oh, look at that. I don't think he's going to make it. And then they start going in his closet, and he's got all his shoes. Like, Let's take all these shoes for impressions and see if they can match any burglaries around here. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and they they videotape also the next picture of her. Um, they get a video shot of this pictures also, but this is I think from the video of this bookcase uh, with the little wall socket beside it and his little cozy cozy slippers. Mm -hmm. Um. The next day, the next time this, I don't know if it's the next day or the next time, but they come in with a Lieutenant Link from Manitowoc County. He is escorted by a Calumet County deputy who's searching in a different room. Link goes in this room, and if you go to the next picture over, there's a key. Just fucking appeared, right? Just poof. All of a sudden, things are moved around, and there's a key. Magic key, a Toto Rav Four key with not a drop of blood on it. <laughs> um, none of Teresa Hallbach's DNA. Stephen Avery's DNA is on this key. There's a way to uh, zoom in. Why? 
I want a close-up of the uh, slide 12 zoomed in under the plug, under the receptacle. That's the, that's, that's the one before the key is. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe I can just do it on here like this. So it's on the screen. Alright, so zoomed in, it is, it is on, it'll be on our videos with you. I was able to drag the screen up. Okay, well I can't do that on my side, unfortunately, so I'm going to have to go with you on that. Just take a better, closer look and see if there's any way that you can possibly see any shape on the edge of that carpet in between the shoe and the, the bookcase. See if there's any kind of shadow or weird in shape. that little wedge right there? Yeah, in that little wedge of carpet that you can see there. I don't have a clue. All right. So I wish I could do it over here. Uh, I can no longer do it, but I see what you're talking about there, and that's, that matches the same texture of the carpet. That white. And yeah, it does, gray. but there, I want at this resolution, I can't quite tell if there may be a straight line or something in there. I'd like to zoom in and see if there's any kind of a weird angle hiding in there. I wish I'd have seen this before, but you know, you, you know I'm not going to open up something that tells me I shouldn't know my computer that I game on. <laughs> I'm not going to risk it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be kind of weird. I don't know if it actually fit into the spot looking at the second picture where the key's laying there. It doesn't doesn't quite look like it would line up to that point. It would almost be where he had a picture of the prior and be like, where can I put this thing to uh, make sure that it would have been completely hidden? To the next, can you just click to the next slide from here? Yeah, see that wedge is actually like right here. There's a little part of that wedge spot. Yeah, so it wouldn't be there anymore. It wouldn't have been there. Yeah. And now, so there was a video of this particular walkthrough? Yeah, I mean, and this, there is a video of them doing this walkthrough. It's where she does that whole. Uh, um, yeah, well, I guess he's going to be missing that. We're going to have to do a second little segment on it. I, w I want to see that particular clip of the video. There may be an angle to see if that key was there, there, at that point in time, or not. It doesn't, you know, where it's sitting at, it, you, there's no way to say right offhand right now, but, you know, it, it could have possibly been there and they just didn't move that shoe. Maybe they didn't do any movement of anything. They just wanted to record it to see, show this is what it is. You know, I don't know. Well, no, because I this, don't know what the comes, intention this comes was. From a later time, the second photo is from later. The second photo is from later. Yes, yeah, but the primary, the video, the the okay. first slide was the prior prior slide was from a video. Yeah, that's where it's supposed to be. And that video's purpose was was it a, a general visual a search, walk through, a walkthrough, right? Yeah. A visual search, not not a thorough thorough search. No, no, right. they weren't moving shit around too much. Okay, they were right. Under stuff, but they weren't they weren't rearranging the house. Okay, right. So there may have been an angle there on that pass with the camera of that spot that we can go and check frame by frame just to see if there's an angle there, because that's something I would like to know. Because I'm pretty sure nobody in that particular county at this particular time thought to do that. 
<laughs> These guys were inept as hell. Yeah. Um, the cops tried saying that it was in the back of the bookcase, and there are pictures of the back of the bookcase where it's opened up. But the thing is, if you picked up this thing and moved it to the right, which it is slightly moved to the right, it wouldn't fall out underneath his shoe. You know what I mean? It wouldn't. It, it would. That would have happened. Because that's what that's what uh, Officer Link said is when he moved it, it fell down right there. That's that's not that's not how that, those things work. And there are other photos in on uh, StephenAveryCase.org where you can it, it has like a front photo, like we're looking straight at the bookcase, and you can see like everything there. And there's no key back there. Right? There's nothing glitched back there. You can see all the way to the back of the fucking bank. You know. Well, yeah, I think. The only thing I can think of then is it had been laying on top and it fell behind and was wedged between the board, the, the upright, the vertical board and the wall and just hanging there mysteriously. You know, I've seen stupid shit like that happen, but you know, the odds of it happening in a, in a particular situation would be kind of astronomical. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and another big a feasible thing to happen. Yeah. If, like, would you find yourself, do you think you'd be more of a danger to society if you owned a car crusher? I'll wait. I'm just going on the thoughts that came through my mind the immediate second when you said that. I'm going to say no. <laughs> because I'm not going to incriminate myself. So, let's say, let's say you had a car, and that car linked you to a crime. And that car is already at the location where you have this car crusher. Is there going to be a link to you in this crime? It's going to be mighty fucking small. Before the fire the body's on burns out, right? <laughs> like, there is enough firelight. To carry it, it's going to be very hard to recognize. To it. take this drivable car, <laughs> I've seen what we can do to a car in a scrapyard with, 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 with a tractor and a, a crusher. They're they're not recognizable. <laughs> and to me, like they mentioned this a little bit in, in like the documentary, and even in the court, they mentioned a little bit. But to me, it's a huge thing. If if you're if we're expected to believe what we'll get into Brendan Dassey's confession. But if we're expecting to believe Brendan Dassey's confession, they not only completely cleaned the inside of that trailer of any genetic, microscopic, anything trace of Teresa Halbach, they cleaned the garage that she was a parent supposedly murdered in of any blood evidence, hair, anything, except for a bullet that we'll get to later. Right? There's nothing, nothing there. You mean to tell me that they go through this intensive fucking clean. You know, they're, they're cleaning up after a slashed throat, several gunshot wounds to a head. There's going to be blood, right? There's going to be DNA, brain matter, bone matter. And from what I've heard, it's extremely difficult to clean something like that up. To that degree, right? And but of course, these were inept, inept cops. That he goes through all of this and says... Eh, I'll just throw some branches over the car, and I'll throw the key, you know, in my dresser. 
he goes through all of that and says, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, I mean, he, he is, he, he is a, a white male. It, it could have been like, eh, that's enough for today. We'll get to the rest of it and then, you know, forget about well, it. Now, this is, this, now, on the other side of the scale, the next picture over is a close-up of the key and lanyard. Um, and in the garage of Stephen's garage, uh, Officer Link found the rest of the lanyard. You don't see this once in the documentary, by the way. You don't see that the rest of that lanyard. Not one time. It's not mentioned. And it's not really brought much into the trial, but its location is. It was found in the garage. Again, he owned a car crusher, a smelter. <laughs> he, had, he could smelt shit down. He could, there would have been no cremains. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the point. I was like, I mean, if you're going to. If you're going to do something like that in the situation he was in, he definitely didn't do it in a way that I thought you should do it. No. I've no. lived, I've lived in a spot that looked a lot like that particular piece of property. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> um, let's just say, if I wanted somebody to disappear, that would have been the perfect time to be able to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, no. But either the guy's a fucking moron, mm -hmm. and you know he, he's a man, so it's possible. <laughs> Lazy asked, and again he's a man, it's possible, or something else is going on. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, you figure if you murder somebody, that that motivates you not to be quite as lazy. I guess we'll, we'll, let's, let's just go ahead and talk about Brendan Bassett. All right. Um, on November 8th, they find human cremains um, in the burn pit. And they also find in the burn barrel outside her uh, cell phone, which, there we go. There's the burn barrel. There's the phone. There's a few pictures over there. I kind of guess my order a little bit. All right. And they find uh, her camera, cell phone, and like remnants of her purse, whatever, in this burn barrel outside Stephen's house. Um, so they uh, they find the they find the Rav Four key the same day. Um, pieces of human bone and teeth are found on Avery property. The key used to start her vehicle was also found in Stephen Avery's bedroom. And uh, Sheriff Hagel of Calumet uh, County at this during this time reemphasizes that Manitowoc's only role has been to provide resources. Um, <clears throat> Crime Lab finds six male blood spots in Teresa Hallbach's RAV4 and a significant amount of female blood in the cargo area. Uh, but also, hundreds of officers and citizens are searching the Avery property at this point. Um, all, all this is one day. Uh, November 9th, the next day, they arrest Stephen Avery for being a felon in possession of a firearm. Um, the lab determines that the bones found are human and female. Uh, November 10th, this was the day that Sheriff Tom Kukuric of the Mantua County was supposed to show up for his deposition in the lawsuit.
Silence Mike? You can edit. <laughs> We're not live. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> Damn it. Alright, so. Um, yeah, I don't know what tangent you're running down. Shit. <laughs> <coughs> Alright, so. Yeah, I'm sorry. We were talking about Sheriff Tom Picurant. He was supposed to show up for his lawsuit deposition, but it didn't happen because he's now involved, you know, he's not supposed to be, in this fucking Avery investigation that's going on. Um, Ken Kratz, the lead investor, uh, DA for Calumet County, announces that Stephen Avery's DNA is found on the key and in the male blood samples from the RAV4. But no other DNA was found on the key? None. None whatsoever. Not a single theft. She's had this car for a little while. Carrying you know, it around in her pocket, holding it in her hand. Maybe even like sticking it in her mouth while she's adjusting groceries. Well, it's a spare key. This is the only key. <laughs> <laughs> um, they did match. Now, her blood was in the vehicle. Uh, the picture of this back seat area. If you look down at the bot, like the middle bottom of the picture, you see blood stains. Um, that's her blood. And the there was a blood spatter expert or whatever that testified, and I, I concur with them, even though I'm not an expert, <laughs> that that is stains from bloody hair touching the side of the RAV4. Um, now, they, they, they've talked to Brendan already at one point, and they... You know, this is before anything was really found. And uh, then now, now they found these little bone fragments in his car. They go and pick them up for further talk. And Brendan, he's 16 during at this time. He's Stephen Avery's uh, little nephew. Yeah, cousin, nephew. Yeah, little nephew. Barbara's son. Um, now, there's stories of, and it don't bring up in documentary, but there, there is, there's allegations that Stephen molested Brendan. Um, I kind of believe it, you know, after having listened to a lot of talks from some of his girlfriends that were outside the documentary, that, you know, you see them in the documentary, but the, the interviews and whatnot from outside are, you you get more info. Um, so basically, like, he, yeah, he's kind of piece of shit. I believe he molested Brendan. Um, Brendan says to the cops that he came home from school and, uh, they, they, every time they, he gives them an answer, like, well, what did you do that day? You know, he's like, oh, well, I went and I saw Steven. You know, we, we had a bonfire, and I went home. You know, I came home from school. I was waiting for the mail. You know, I, I made a phone call to my friend. And I went over to Steven's, and I saw Mom, and I came back. You know, he, and then they start saying, well, they, they start giving them little information, talking about, well, you know, if you're honest with us, you know, if you if you if if you're honest, well, you, we need you to be honest about what happened, and you know anything that you say, you know we can help you. Like it, it's not going to hurt you, you know, to, to let us to tell us. Well, even if you were involved, they give him a promise of leniency, like basically kind of insinuating that he's going to go home if he tells them. I know how the, to do that. The truth, right? The air quotes truth. I feel for that once. Yeah, and. Uh, they they, manip- they 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 manipulate the conversation. Now there are things where it's like you can debate whether or not they're feeding him the information. But if you sit and watch all four fucking hours, it and you you remember this kid's IQ is fucking lower than Steven. He's like he's really slow. 
Um, he he doesn't even understand what like what was inconsistent. He had no idea what that meant. He didn't know what a lawyer was. <laughs> he had no idea. He thought a lawyer and a cop was the same thing. Um, he he's sitting there asking, well, you know, like, am I going to get back to class? I have a I have a report due. Um, like he has no representation there. He yeah, he's been Mirandized, but being a sixteen year old with kind of the mental capacity of what I would say like an eleven year old, you know, he it doesn't seem like you know what I mean. They 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 took advantage of their intellect and their ability to manipulate, and they he they get got him to say what they wanted to hear. Um, they would give they would basically feed him the main facts, like well, who shot her in the head. And he'd be like, well, Stephen did. And then they would leave him, give him freedom to kind of fill in the story, you know what I mean, to fill in the fluff. But they, they made sure that the fluff led to the next detail that they would feed him. And then they'd let him kind of tell the stories a little bit and correct them as they needed to along the way. Um, and immediately after the confession, uh, his mom comes in, and he was like, they got in my head, Mom. You know, <laughs> that's his first words. When he's away from these detectives, is they got in my head. Well, that's kind of what they're supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if if you're innocent, you you don't follow along with the story. You, you change the narrative. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Who shot her in the head? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, even if you are the one who shot her in the head, your answer should always be, I don't know, <laughs> lawyer. <laughs> well, even if you're not trying to lawyer up, lawyer, I don't care if you don't know nothing about what the fuck a lawyer is. Maybe my lawyer. You should go find him. <laughs> Who done something horrible? Fuck if I know. What's your name? I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> it says it right there in the stuff you took from me somewhere. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> you know my name. <laughs> Wait, we're not having this conversation if you don't know my name. <laughs> but um, through basically the confession quote-unquote, that they get out of him, is that he goes on, he, he, he gets some mail in his mailbox for Stephen. So he carries it over to Stephen's trailer. Now, mind you, they're all living right there. You know what I mean? Um, he goes over to Stephen, knocks on the door, and Stephen comes to the door, just apparently covered in sweat, wearing gym shorts, and bring, brings him inside. And when he comes inside, he sees Teresa down in the hallway, you know, naked, tied on the bed, supposedly. And, of course, if you've seen the room, the way the house is set up, you walk in the front door, you look down the hallway, and you're seeing the back wall. You're not seeing the bed. There's no way to see Teresa on this bed because the bed is up against the wall away from you. You can't yeah. see it at all. Where um, you would normally put a bed in a bedroom yeah. that you can see down So the this whole thing, yeah. him when he came in the front door seeing Teresa on the bed chained down, that's already unlikely unless Stephen rearranged the room. Um, and basically, he basically tell he says, "Ask that Brendan, you know, if you want, you know, you should go in there and get you some pussy." And Brendan's like, "Okay." And they go in there, and like Teresa, he says that Teresa's begging him to stop, and that you can stop this, and you know, Stephen's there, kind of watching, making it real awkward, apparently. And uh, then he tells he, he tells Brendan that you know she has to die, so she don't tell nobody, and he makes Brendan cut her throat. Um, they carry her then to the garage where Stephen shoots her in the head with the 22. All right. Now, they moved, like, the cops 
kept moving the crime scene a little bit to see what would, you know, when they were doing, working with Brendan's narrative here. Because that's why you have her getting her throat cut in the bedroom and then being shot in the head in the garage. Is because they, they took little pieces that they wanted. They wanted to implicate Brendan in the murder as well as the rape. Which is why they had him say, well, what did you do to her? What, you know, we know he had you do something. What was it? And he was like, um, I don't know. Well, you got to be honest with us, Brendan. Cut her throat. Well, first they cut her hair. They cut off some of her hair. Like, what else did you do, Brandon? Cut her, cut her throat. And the next thing you know, they're, they're, they appear magically in the garage. Uh, no blood, by the way, was found. <laughs> well, I don't know if these cops could have found blood if they was looking at them. Man. Hey, man, they used, I, I saw in the report, like, how much fucking uh, luminol they used. Because it's part of the, like, they did, <laughs> they used so much luminol in that garage, in that house. In between the garage and the house, and <laughs> they didn't find jack shit. They found some of his girlfriend's blood in the sink, and a little bit of his blood in the sink, but nothing of Teresa's. So you mean, like, <laughs> he cleaned all that up. What did he do with the blood? The bloody mop water. Where'd that go? No, nope, it's gone. This is vanished, right? <laughs> Ugh. Well, my question, if the burn pit's right around the fucking corner, why the fuck you put her in the goddamn car and drive her around a goddamn block? And that's, that's, see, there's another thing, is, um, they, when the, the cadaver dogs were searching, they not only found those bones, those cremains in the burn pit, they found some cremains in this rock quarry that comes up adjacent to the Avery property. Um, and they, they never brought in the investigation, like, there was, but there's, there's human cremains out there that were found. So... There's another hole in, like, Brendan's story. Well, they're saying that, you know, he, he was trying to move the remains from the burn pit there, but they were actually burned on site there. You, there there's a way to tell if it was moved or not. Yeah, her, her body uh, was burned in that burn pit, right? Yeah. So. But those remains up in the quarry were also Now, burned. tell me, now, after they shot her in the garage. They actually would have had to dismember her and burn her in three different spots. Yeah. And, uh, well, some of her remains were also found in a burn barrel uh, next to the burn pit. Um, but With her phone and her... Yeah, just, actually, yeah. no, this was another burn barrel. There was a burn oh, barrel in front okay. of Stephen's house, and there was burn barrels out by the burn pit. Oh, yeah, there'd be burn barrels all over that property. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> now you're getting the picture. <laughs> well, but, I just know wintertime in a scrapyard. There's, there's going to be places to put a fire. Uh, <laughs> so... So, yeah, they... It, for, now, for the remains to be there and been burned, she would have had to have been dismembered and put in different spots to be cremated in those different yeah, spots. Yeah, or, or, or one part weren't burning off good enough in the fire, so they tore it off or cut it off, broke it off. There is a hammer next to the fire pit. Um, did I get a good picture of the burn? I got a far off picture of the burn pit. A over. Yeah. But, yeah, so, and the garage is like, basically, if you're looking at the picture of the burn pit, they're taking that picture from the garage. Right. Then did Teresa's bloody hair get in the RAV4? Yeah. When? Why? Right? It has been confirmed that this is her hair. Did Yeah, she she was in there presumably after she was dead with a gunshot wound to her head in the back of a RAV4. So the RAV4 actually matches that. From a murder that was supposed to have happened twenty feet away from where she was burned. Mm-hmm. 
and also, and I, she I, wasn't a big girl. No, I'm pretty sure Steve could have picked her up and toted her over there. To make the pickup transmissions. <laughs> yeah. So, what the fuck was she doing in the Rav Four? Exactly. Right? <laughs> now this. Now let's go back to Colburn finding that license, find, calling in that license plate. What if she was already dead somewhere else? Yeah. And then what if that would account for why the, he was able to call in tags on a vehicle that was supposedly not having tags when it was actually found? Because we have two different findings of this vehicle. One that didn't go nowhere and one that led to an investigation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying that Officer Colburn murdered Teresa. I, I, I don't think that is the least likely scenario. I think it is more, more likely that Stephen murdered Teresa um, than, than Colburn. It's probably more likely that Stephen's like, pretty awesome dad Killed Teresa. <laughs> Colbert. He's too fucking stupid. But I don't. Or think the he's... fucking uh, Beck's boyfriend that's still friends with the family. I don't think or... he's too stupid to pick a body up, put it in the back of a Rav Four, have somebody meet him or follow him, go in that back way that they show. There you can look at the map. There's a back way in through the quarry of the and park the Rav Four right over there where it was and dispose of the remains during all this. The cremains is a problem, but the fact that there's so many, and they're all over the place, you know, you almost have to throw them all out. <laughs> it's like, you don't know where. Like, she was burned here, but then why did she have, why was there a pelvic bone, you know, cremain in the fucking quarry over here? That was actually burned in the quarry. It wasn't transported there after being burned. Yeah. So, my, my, my first question when I heard it is... Do we have multiple murder sites and these aren't all her remains? Or uh, did was she murdered somewhere else and then dismembered, put into bags and taken to different spots around the, the property to, to be burned? Um, if that was to happen, Avery would have to know something about that. <laughs> There's no way you own a scrapyard and not know what the fuck's going on on that. that that's a whole lot of money. You pay attention to it. That's your livelihood. Somebody's that's walking around in that motherfucker. You know it. Family lives there. Yeah, you know when somebody's walking around on your property, even when you're dead dead asleep. Yeah. You know it. Unless you're not there because of police investigation. Right. The whole entire family would have had to been removed, and then. Yeah, but the then the investigators would have had to be but, the one that, that but actually... the car was already there then. Now there's reports... Um... I'm, I'm talking about just the, remain, the, the, the remains. Oh, oh yeah. The remains to be around that property. The property owners, the people on the property at that time that the remains were put there. Would know. There's no way they don't. At all. There's no conceivable way anybody... Involved in that probably, and this would have had to have been before the Rav Four was found. <laughs> um, so the Averys were there. There's no fucking way he doesn't know that's happening. 
He might not know what's being burned, but I guarantee you, he, by, by the time the fires are lit, he knows there's at least a fire on his property and has done found oh, out yeah, what's well, up. That, she was supposedly burned during this bonfire the night that, on October, on uh, Halloween night. That was the day that he threw tires on there, and the, there's bits of bone yeah. wrapped around the tire, and I'm like, well, I mean, that, maybe. <laughs> Somehow. They, he, knew, they knew there was a fire, and they're saying that's when she was cremated. That's what I'm saying is the ashes that are on the bone remains would have been would have been able to tell you that they were from a different fire. The bones in that fire were from that fire. They weren't moved to another fire. Yeah. So they, they weren't burned at the quarry and then brought and thrown into a fire pit down here. Unless the professional that done that analysis that isn't part of the police force is being coerced into saying that it is. Can't, ain't saying that doesn't happen, and they find they, they find some questionable yeah, experts in, in other the cases. Pit, the next picture over from the picture of Burn Pit is the uh, or Daisy Fuentes beans. Yeah, that they found the Burn Pit, and that that at least we confirmed that at her jeans were burned in that Burn Pit because uh, Avery ain't wearing no Daisy Fuentes, you know, and uh, I don't I don't think anybody else there is either. <laughs> Jeans, flannel shirts. Yeah. The next picture over is a piece of her uh, tibia. And yeah, that's actually all pieces of her tibia that were burned. Yeah, burned there. And the next picture over is a box of all the cremains that were there. Um, there's a lot of bones in this burn pit. Um, which would lean back to Avery, right? So we're already like a fucking metronome here. Like, well, this evidence. This evidence points that he did. Well, common sense said that he wouldn't do this. And, and speaking of he wouldn't do it, who does this before they're a millionaire? Before they're the feudal lord of Manitowoc County. Oh, sorry, Avery County. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his timing sucks. Right? I mean, and, and, and it goes, there's, there's also stuff from uh, when he was in prison for the rape that he didn't do. He had told, there, there's at least antidote. Uh, you know, anecdotal evidence of him telling other inmates that he was going to build a torture chamber and he was going to rape and murder a girl when he got out. Now, it could just be tall tales for you know being in prison. It could just be tall tales. It could be completely made up. Him never had never said it. Or, you know, maybe maybe, maybe he was fucking. He lost. His he was angry. You know, prison to do shit to you. He got away with a bunch of shit, but he gets locked up for the thing he didn't do. <laughs> um, so like I said there's so much evidence about it I, I'm not sure um, which brings us though to the trial uh, they after charge after Brendan Dassey's confession oh there's a picture of Brendan all out of order um, they uh, they upgrade his charges to uh, Stephen Avery's charges for murder um, and also like uh, rape and desecration of Second is when Dassey of 2006 is when Dassey had this extra interview. Um, after his after Dassey's confession, confession, Officer Link, he's in sugar treat now. 
Huh? He's a sugar treat now. <laughs> After uh, Officer Link goes into this garage looking for the you know evidence of the of the murder that happened there that Brendan just confessed to. Allegedly. And you know it. After all this luminol, after all these searches, including like, you know, sniffing dogs and cadaver searches and hundreds of people on the property looking. Wouldn't you know that right there in the open, well, sort of in the open, slightly underneath the toolbox, they find a twenty-two, a twenty-two bullet spike, you know, that's been shot. And wouldn't you know it, there's just enough DNA to test it, and it comes back Teresa's DNA. Right? This bullet that got overlooked during the fucking eight days of searching <laughs> is found by another, yet again, an officer who said they're not going to be there. <laughs> who happened to be, I think, one of the ones that was in the room with him when uh, Brendan told him that they were target practicing a few days before yep. shooting at a particular area. So if anybody wants to know, how would they find a twenty-two round? Well, they we was told now, where to look this for This yard them. is littered with bullet casings and bullets, right? It ain't going to be hard to find one. <laughs> you want to find one that matches the gun? Yeah, yeah. We were shooting right over there the other day. Yeah. And how did they get Teresa's evidence on it? Well, blood evidence on it? Well, there's a whole bunch of bloody hair prints in the back. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All it would take is a little distilled water and rub it on there. Or you just pulled it out of your pocket from the one that you used later, earlier. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that brings us to Stephen Avery's blood being found in the RAV4. Um, from the get-go, during his initial interview, uh, he tells the police that his blood's been found there, and they put it there. They got his blood already. And they go to look at his uh, evidence from his like previous rape case and all that. And lo and behold, the little box that his blood vial is in, the evidence seal, the, the uh, chain of custody seal, is broken, right, on the outer box. That's all right. Well, that's just, maybe that's just the outer box. So they pull out this styrofoam container that the vial actually sits inside. And there's, there's a chain of custody tape on there, too, cut, like I'm broken. Then they pull out the vial. And right there in the middle of the vial is like a little rubber stopper that they can use to put, take, you know, take samples out of. Hole in it. It's like a syringe-sized hole in it. And it was supposed to have a hole in it. That's, yeah, that's how they get the blood that's in. How they, I was getting to that. That's how they filled the fucking thing. But it wouldn't be impossible to go right back in that same hole. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, that's exactly where the original needle goes me, in. as soon as they found that this had been tampered with, they should have thrown out his blood evidence. Absolutely. In the RAV4. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and they, the, the defense no, they didn't. makes motions for that, and you know, they, they know we're so, but, but they should have thrown it out right away. Um, so it allows them to talk about the, 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 the evidence tampering thing. It allows them to talk about it in court. But it had been better if they had not even mentioned it. Um, also, they, have, they, did, they don't bring it up a lot in the documentary, his sweat DNA. On the hood latch of the RAV4. The inside hood yeah. latch. Yeah. Um, they knew to look there because of Brendan Dassey's confession. Because they were all like, what did he do with Teresa's car? Did he do anything under the hood under there? You know, and... Well, they would have looked there anyway, but yeah. So they, they swabbed there for DNA evidence, and lo and behold, they find sweat DNA. Which I guess is a thing. You know? 
But the first, it's also the first mention I've ever heard of it, ever. But I, I can see it being a thing with the body fluid, right? We have another one of those over there? But yeah, I mean, <laughs> the one thing in the way, but uh, yeah, I mean, his sweat DNA being under the hood of a, a car in his salvage yard, you know, you know, duh. I mean, it's a salvage yard. You know, he's going to open up hoods to see what kind of parts well, are on the yeah, thing. But this but is Teresa's particular. This is Teresa's particular car. It hasn't been on the yard long. Why would he have went over there? And, and why would he have not known and had a paper trail where that vehicle come from? A new vehicle shows up on his yard. The first thing he ought to fucking do is notify the authorities. So if he opened up the hood, he knew he had a vehicle on the yard that he didn't put there. All right, so you, 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 you know, I, hell, I've even had to do this for me. I have a problem with the car, and there's a guy that knows the car's there. Does he open it, and you ask him to take a look? You say, sure, don't you? Yep. And when they pop the hood for you, you just grab that little latch. You can help them. Like, oh, yeah, you need one of these. Or So, yeah, it could have been there that she was having a tick in her engine, and he took a look earlier. Yeah, and he might not have mentioned it because it wouldn't seem like a thing, right? Nope. Nobody asked, you're not going to say it. Yeah, exactly. you don't even think about it. So the sweat DNA under the hood, to me, that's not as damning as Nancy Grace tried to make it. Nope. <laughs> um, and again, they only looked, that, that also came from Brendan's confession. Uh, but yeah, Brendan gets arrested. Um, let me see, they have their interview here. Uh, Brendan's lawyer is a piece of shit. <laughs> um, you know, well, it has to be a much more monumental piece of shit to be noteworthy. I mean, we're talking about well, so, a lawyer. All right. Brendan <laughs> tells his lawyer, his lawyer tells him he's not guilty, right? And he recounts his confession, or recants, not recounts, recants his confession. His lawyer hires this investigator that comes there to talk to Brendan. And the investigator has been told by his lawyer to get an apology for the crime from Brendan. To be, if the guy comes up there and he puts pictures of Teresa, pictures of the crime scene. Um, like, he has all this shit right there. You know, these little blue ribbons from the family about looking for Teresa or something like that. And he starts, you know, Brendan says, well, get, you know, tell me what happened. So Brendan writes down the story, basically a story that completely contradicts the first one. That he came home, he gave Stephen his mail, Stephen was fine. He wasn't naked or anything like that. He goes back home and hangs out for a while, watches TV, you know, talks to his mom, goes to the bonfire, comes back and goes to bed. That's it, right? The guy looks at this and says, no, well, I can't help you because you're not being honest with me. I, until you say that you're sorry for what you did. So his lawyer's investigator is making Brendan do a second confession. Has him draw it. Right? Has him draw this shit out. He's like, well, why don't you draw her on that bed right there? And, like, it, if you watch the video for it, man, it's, it, to me, more than the, the police interrogation, this one turned my stomach because it's fucking defense. It's from his lawyer. His lawyer told him to go get this information, thinking that he could get Brendan a better deal. And that's what he says. I thought I could get him a better plea deal. So Brendan comes to, with his mom's help, comes and that this lawyer thinks he's guilty. And is just going to, you know, treat it as such, which is, that's, you're not supposed to as a lawyer. You know what I mean? You can step down, but you can't, you, 
You have to, you know, do what yeah, you're going to take the case. You do what you fucking. I mean, that's what you're there for. Is whether it, it don't matter if you saw him do it. Even if you know he did it, you do your best to get him out of it. Yeah, that's, that's even. The prime I mean, job shit. Of a defense lawyer, love it or hate it, that's their job, right? He tries. He goes to the judge and he tries to get this lawyer fired. Like he basically tells the judge the best way he can. And if you watch this, this clip of it, his he, he's trying real hard to come to say the right words. You know what I mean? Like he's thinking real. It takes him real long time to talk because he's trying. You know, he's he's a little he's slow as shit, man. And um, he he tells the judge that he doesn't think his lawyer his lawyer thinks he's guilty, and that he can't work with this lawyer anymore because the lawyer isn't defending him and he won't listen to him that he's not guilty. And the judge is like, I don't see any problem here. <laughs> It makes him keep the same fucking piece of shit lawyer. <laughs> oh, so that's that's the story of Brendan Dassey's fucking lawyer and his second confession, which to me is worse than the original. Because this is the coming from cops trying to close a case. This is coming from a defense attorney. <laughs> well, now you've got two different defense attorneys fighting each other about the bullshit. You know, Avery's defense attorney is fighting Dassey's defense attorney, and they're blaming each other for the shit now. <laughs> because apparently there's a new piece of evidence where the delivery driver actually saw Dassey and some older gentleman pushing the fucking RAV4 down the road. Bobby Dassey, not Brendan. Bobby, da it was Bobby Dassey and um, yeah. Some Did I say here. Brendan? Yeah, you. Said okay, Brendan. he snuck in. I don't. Yeah, 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 he snuck into the whole damn case file. And must have snuck into my mind there. But yeah, yeah Bobby, Bobby Dassey's never been charged with anything. <laughs> Bobby Dassey is the older brother. Um, Bobby Dassey's the one that said that he, you know, he was getting ready to go hunting and he took a shower and all that. And he come back and he saw the RAV4, but not Teresa. He also is the one who had the day of, uh, Teresa Halbach's disappearance. He had been looking up violent kitty porn and all kinds of shit. I mean, there's so many, uh, just on this one day. And, like, they were able to rule out who it was. It was, nobody else was there but Bobby. So Bobby was on his computer looking up fucked up, demented ass porn. Looks out his window and sees Teresa. <laughs> yeah, that's the stuff that his mother and stepmom supposed to have went over there and fucking deleted before the, every the cops got the computer. Yeah, but you know that doesn't work unless you actually know what you're doing. Yeah, you actually have to fill your hard drive completely full and then delete it. <laughs> yeah. Like you delete the delete that file and then completely fill your hard drive, and then delete everything. Man, then you get rid of the data. That's the only. It way helps if you do it more than once. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's some other messed up shit. Yeah, um, I was actually looking through their computer. The the both now Stevens. Um, Steven actually spent a lot of time on like Yahoo personals because <laughs> uh, on the StephenAveryCase.org. It has like what they found, like all the all the search histories and files and whatnot on both computers. And uh, Stevens, like, he spent a lot of time on personal ads. Like, <laughs> he did a lot of his girlfriend's locked up. Um. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't profess to be an expert at people, but I'm pretty daggone good at judging folks yeah, and knowing when you know somebody's, you know got some thoughts or what they're planning on doing you know, when I'm sitting in the room. You know, jail yeah. does things to you. Makes you pay attention to little things. Yeah. You know? um, 
So I started looking into that part of it. You know, when I was watching the, the interviews with Steve Avery from the very first one when, you know, she was missing and they realized that, you know, that was the last place she was known. Um, you know, something didn't quite look right. Um, so I started looking at it and getting some, you know, other things, looking into uh, the nonverbal language kind of situation. And, yeah, I, I kind of like to do that with these higher profile things, when, you know. Um, and I kind of agree with some of them. You know, there's one guy that's like, you know, no, he, I don't think he's as guilty as that guy does. But I, I think that Avery knew something. At the very least, I, I believe Avery knows. Yeah. Um, why he's taking the fall, I don't know. But you know, it could be a family thing. And he doesn't want to, you know, maybe he's had some shred of decency and he doesn't want the younger well, what, folks what, to what's be. What's one of the first things you learned in prison? <laughs> Keep your mouth shut, <laughs> you know? Yeah, especially if somebody's willing to kill. <laughs> yeah, he still, has, he still has his mom and dad there. You know what I mean? And that's pretty much all he has in the world. You know right. I mean? He does have and four he, kids, but they're, he, they have no contact with him, apparently. But, uh, yeah, and... The 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 other kid Bobby, yeah, him in his little videos, he he tenses up yeah. when he's asked certain questions. He gets he flush. Apple too he gets flush. In, in he starts getting some little spots here on his neck. Um, and then you find out that some delivery driver supposedly pulled up and saw him pushing the Rav Four. Yeah, and th- that they got that statement. During the initial investigation, but it never they they never followed up on it. They're like, oh, you know, we got Avery, so who cares? And then you know her blood showing up in the Rav Four when she was supposedly murdered in you know a spot yeah, at twenty feet away. Never from... been in that car, but not a, the cadaver dogs hit it, and her blood was yeah. Gone. So I mean, she was there. She was clearly in that car, um, which you wouldn't need her body. You, you now the cadaver dogs hitting on the car. I mean, I'm not exactly sure if they would. You hit on it just because she had been in the car while she was alive, or if there's something. I mean, because I actually don't put a after, lot of faith in, you, in scent dogs when it comes to court cases. Um, um, well, I would trust the dog's nose, anything, but there. What would differentiate them from just another so bloodhound? Well, um, I, I know there's outgasses and stuff like that. Right. It changed, but how long does that take to, before a dog would instant, be able to pick I, it up? See, I'm going to say you start those pretty much instantly. Now, I, dogs should be able to pick up on it fairly soon, but I'm not sure on that. Yeah, that that I would you know I would have to look more before I would trust how, you know, exactly what the timeline yeah. was. But um, I would but, assume that it would have to be some kind of a difference, you know, I, not just that like, you know, she had sat in the car yesterday. And I feel like any time a dog is used, right, I think they should be like polygraphs when it comes to admissibility in court. You know what I mean? Because there's okay. well, search dogs for like you know paraphernalia and stuff like that. They 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 can be too easily trained to do it on a command. That kind of a thing. Yeah. So yeah, but you know when you're using an actual you know like a a, a rescue search dog. Yeah, use it to find the victim, but it shouldn't be. You know, it, it shouldn't be like anything brought in court, and it wasn't in this case. It was just but, you know. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, yeah, it could probably be used for it, but, you know, certain aspects are just too easily trained to be able to jump up on a car because, you know, you know the a, officer a, wants a them signal. to, you know, yeah. because, you know, they think there's drugs in there, but 
you know, for, you know, like looking for bodies and stuff, you know, I, I would think that they give different cues when they, they hit on that scent yeah. in, instead of just rising up and jumping on it or something. Um, I'm not an expert on that. I haven't actually looked into it, so I don't know. It's just assumptions. But um, the point, the part of her being in the car shows, tells me that the body had been moved. Yeah, she was not killed there. Or she was killed in her car, and her car was moved at some point. Well, now her his new attorney that's working on his uh, appeals, uh, they did a lot of te- they, tests and whatnot, and they think that she was actually killed on her knees at the back of her car. Because there is a bit of blood spatter. The RAV4s, they open kind of like a door. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? On the side, like a hinge on the side. And they, there is blood spatter there that could come from like being a, 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 a blunt object back um, cast off. And they've actually like done it with like, his new lawyer went out and bought a RAV4, the same make and model. And they sat there and did like these tests with different things. And either a crowbar or like a hammer actually made the same or a very similar cast-off pattern. If she was on her knees at the back of the RAV4 and her hand was smashed with a hammer and the hammer was pulled back, it would make the same little blood spatter that was in her RAV4. And then her body put in with a bloody hole in her head from the hammer or crowbar. Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually adds, and it actually adds up. And uh, her, her big case is that he's innocent and that Bobby did it. They don't have to put... There's something there. It's called a, a Denny, a Denny case or whatever, Denny trial, and basically it states that uh, there had the jury heard evidence or heard this particular evidence that would have caused reasonable doubt, you know. Um, but we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves on that one. Um, they find him guilty. No, of course they did. Yeah. Um, they end up taking Brendan's confession. All the, all the charges that came from Brennan's confession, with the exception of murder, uh, they took away the, um, his, you know, as far as charges that came from Brennan's confession to Avery, right? Avery's charges, you know, they dropped several of them, but they still have them with the murder. Um, he gets found guilty of possession of a firearm by a felon and murder. Um, they, they couldn't, you know, uh, convict him of the sexual assault. Nobody should have been convicted of the sexual assault. There was no evidence of a sexual assault. Yeah, another damn question. Why in the hell would you use a twenty-two rifle when you've got a fucking other handgun? Why would you need? Why would you need to if you had a knife to slit your throat? <laughs> and apparently, she she was like, you know, maybe he was doing this a public service because she didn't bleed anywhere. Except for the back of her car a little. You know, maybe she was like a vampire. I, I don't know. I, I, where, where's all this blood? <laughs> like, unless she was murdered at the back of the RAV4 by somebody, well, maybe even Stephen, who knows, with a hammer or something. Maybe the hammer that was found beside the burn pit. You know, there was no, like, blood evidence And then drove over to the quarry. I'm falling. Yeah, let's... Uh, this, this is where I start to have problems. <laughs> this is where things start to go kind of Schrodinger's A cap. fire started over at the quarry. The RAV4 then later pushed down the hill for some reason, even though you got the key. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Or you've already given it over to Lieutenant Link. <laughs> <laughs> You're planting. 
turn the paper inside out. Um, and then you know okay the body gets disseminated in some places to different places somehow for some reason either it's not working properly or somebody's you know moving it around so it can't be found and just figuring that you know if you know it's in a fire it's in a fire you know charcoal remains look the same in all fires so nobody's going to be smart enough to figure it out and then somebody you know looked at it and was not smart enough to figure it out and you know, hey they, that had to have been done in a spot and instead of figuring out that it was moved um that could have been a mistake somebody maybe that person just didn't feel like looking into it so yeah they didn't get moved um and maybe they did i don't know but you know for them to be in different places somehow they got there either before or after uh, one of the two but the remains were scattered out around the property, but the car was pushed down the hill with a key, and then nobody knows nothing about what happened. <laughs> Aliens. Ah, yes. <laughs> it makes just as much sense as Brendan Dass's confession when you compare it to the evidence. <laughs> Now, if it was somebody else that killed her in a different spot after she yeah. left and then said, I've got the perfect place to, to it could dispose, even and, then, and then drove the vehicle somewhere else for the officer to find it. And the officer, knowing that the vehicle that she was last seen at Stevens, now, another thing is... Takes the vehicle to go plant it. And then the other kid says, oh, shit, we got to get rid of this fucking car. I'm not getting in it, and so we got to push it because I don't want my DNA in the car. Yeah. Maybe he has that thought, and so you know, we're going to push it because it's a lot easier to wipe down the outside of a car. I mean, you can wipe away fingerprints, or you're smart enough to wear a glove, whatever, but you don't want to get in. Apparently, Stephen had a cut on his finger that day from working earlier somewhere and was just actively bleeding all over the crime scene. Not in his house or in the garage or anything, but or except for in his sink. But all over her car. He just starts bleeding like a geyser. <coughs> but who was this other guy that was pushing the fucking car, supposedly? With Bobby? Yeah. Um, I said, if Bobby finds the car on the, on the thing after he's done all this, yeah, it'd be like... Look a picture of Earl Avery. Look up Earl Avery. Yeah, probably. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The older brother with the beard? Yeah. That sometimes I confuse with, her, with his dad. You know who I believe is not in any way involved in this murder? Steven's dad. <laughs> I really like Steven's dad. I wish my dad believed in me as much as Steven's dad believes in him. Well, he could probably be part of the cover-up. <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, he seemed like the kind of guy that would be able to keep his mouth shut. And be like, I'm not giving you anything. But Fuck you can it. see the heartache in his eye. Yeah, well, yeah, you would. But you're still going to protect your your kin. <laughs> so you think Pa Avery? <laughs> I, I don't think anybody is innocent of knowing what happened. Except Barb. Brendan's mother. Brendan and Bobby's mother. Anybody on that property has heard a piece of it they, and knows something. They've heard pieces something. of it. I think Barb knows the least of it. That's probably so. Because she doesn't know what to think. <laughs> That's probably and so. And now she's trying to defend two sons. <laughs> and it's like, well, one of them or the other did it. <laughs> now, still, I don't think any charges have been brought against Bobby. 
But it's just now coming up in Kathleen's name and her opinion. But with Bobby, he's the only one that's got any kind of motive other than Stephen about it because he was the one watching freak shit and then noticing, hey, there's a girl. Yeah. <laughs> now, another important thing, they don't, I don't understand why they didn't mention this more in the, in the documentary. But Ken Kratz, the uh, um, district attorney, you know, the prosecutor in the case, during Avery's trial says multiple times that all the evidence points to one, um, one, one attacker, one murderer, one criminal. And he keeps pointing to Stephen. Like, it's just one person, one person alone. Alone, you know, there's one person all the time is Stephen Avery. Why the fuck then is Brendan involved, right? <laughs> so there's just so much ineptitude in this whole fucking Right? Story. This whole trial is so fucked that, and, and Dr. Phil, like, I watched Dr. Phil looking for an, an opposition opinion. I didn't get it. You know? <laughs> and he does agree with me when it comes to they both deserve, I, Brendan should be just go home. <laughs> like, just, just go the home. Go home. If you're, 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 everything with your case is so fucked up, if you did it, you should go home. <laughs> just go, right? Steven needs another trial. Like, he, he really does deserve another trial. And the problem is, though, and it, it's part of the problem with his original trial, is so much was, he was already convicted in the court of public opinion. You know what I mean? You have Ken Kratz pre-trial, after Bobby's confession, Ken Kratz doing a, a, um, a press release talking about how Brendan and Stephen talks about all these horrific events, all these horrific crimes, you know, they're all, already, you know, where's the presumption of innocence, right? He, before there's been any court case, before jury selection, he's on the, um, fucking live on the news saying that Stephen did this, and Bobby and Brendan did this, and Stephen did that, and Brendan did that. So you're already in a tainted jury pool, right? Well, now it's nationwide. Where oh, yeah. are they going to go? Yeah, that's a good damn question. Though, with today's <laughs> justice system, with the spread of social media and then yeah, well, media in almost, general, he would almost need a bench a bench trial, you know, with just a judge. But that's even that. Well, that's <laughs> just horrible. <laughs> you know, your fate of your entire existence on on the shoulders of one fucking person. You know what the studio needs? A urinal right over there. Keep the people entertained. I'm pretty sure twenty feet. Eight. That ain't even 20 feet. Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where yeah, they were planning on going with all this stuff. It's just weird. And I'm going to force them another edit point. I don't know where to go with this without another year to pop off of. I don't know. I just don't know if this kid, uh, Brandon, could have had much to do with it. I think more along the lines that he was probably coerced into part, you know, part of a cover-up. This other one, though, just kind of weird. I think maybe he probably had a, had something to do with it. Yeah, Avery's definitely guilty of something in all of this. His body language just screams, I know what the hell's going on, but I'm not telling you, Jack. Uh, it, it's, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it all. Everything over there is in it. You know, the whole idea of the original cops that had something to do with his false arrest to begin with and imprisonment, you know, being involved with the trial should have thrown this whole thing out, and he should be a free man, in my opinion. But he definitely, deserves, if nothing more, he deserves another trial because, you know, 
evidence was presented wrong. There's more evidence there. You know, the story is way too you know, complicated to have, you know, have any removal of doubt. I'm still thinking about what the heck it could possibly be, though. I mean, her blood being in the car means she was in the car. The car was found on the property. They were seen pushing the vehicle. Doesn't make any damn sense. What doesn't make sense? The whole storyline of the vehicle with, you know, and where it's at. And, uh -huh. and her blood being in it. Yeah. And the cop that supposedly found it, and then nothing happened, and then it was found somewhere else. Yeah, because I don't buy his whole, uh, I was just checking to see if the information I'd received was, I don't buy that. Not, a, not one bit. No, that would just, like I said, that, should, that alone should have set off so many damn flags and the investigation should have started that day. Yeah. I um, mean, when, the, when the, the, the dispatch typed in the tag, that, she was already missing. She was already reported missing. Mm -hmm. So that, that should have popped out a missing, missing persons report right on the damn dispatch screen. Yep. Where was that? Yeah, well, he, she says. Did they not have her in, in the system yet well, as being yeah, when, missing? When he calls that license plate in, she says that belongs to Teresa Halbach, a missing person. Well, why didn't the investigation start right then? After that, he's just like, oh, okay, then. And hangs up his radio thing. <laughs> I don't know. It should have, right? Yeah. Mm hmm even the dispatch sitting there at the damn office should have been able to, you know, pop that up and just, you know, done. You know, a couple of clicks on the screen should have started that fucking investigation. <laughs> Absolutely. So the dispatcher was on, in on it. And sadly, there's no body cams at this time. No, I mean... I just can't wrap my head around that part of it either. Uh, they found the vehicle, no investigation started. They already found it on his property. It wasn't like they found it three blocks away, you know, or three miles away down the back country road and had to move it there. It was already there. Um, during the trial, uh, trial includes 19 days of testimony from 59 witnesses, right? Um, Avery's lawyers contend that Manitowoc County Sheriff's officers planted evidence against him in retaliation for a lawsuit Avery filed seeking $36 million. Um, after being charged with murder, by the way, he settled that $36 million lawsuit for about $400,000 to pay for his defense. Um, and his two lawyers, like, you know, we'll get into what's going on now with them, but I, I think they did pretty good. They, they, did, they did what they could for him. There's things they could have done, but they... They focused on trying to prove that he had been set up, right? They thought it would be an easy sell. And part of the problem comes in with this. Uh, so there's this stuff they put in blood samples called EDTA, right? And it's like this chemical that doesn't go away, and it keeps the blood from coagulating in the test, in the test tube. Mm -hmm. um, they used to, the FBI used to do tests on it, but it was horribly inaccurate and, you know, unpredictable. So what they, they stopped testing. 
Well, Manitowoc County reached out to the FBI and had them, in response to Avery's lawyer saying that, you know, they had got the blood from the tube to plant into the into the RAV4. Um, they did, you know, they had the FBI start up these ten-year-old tests that nobody knew how to do and crank out a result, which was, oh yeah, we did not find any EDTA in the, in, in the RAV4. Now, if that test was accurate, you know, what are the effects of being of direct sunlight in a car, baking on the baking in the fucking sun, you know what are the effects of that on EDTA? Yeah, um, like they have no idea. They 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 stopped doing testing on it because it was unreliable, but they did it just for this, right? And the defense, Avery's defense, uh, they file a motion to delay the trial a little bit to allow further like independent testing of this blood to see if EDTA was, was present. And well, no, the, the 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 judge says no. So they go on with the trial with it, and they bring in the woman who tested the blood for EDTA. And uh, no, no, excuse me, the woman who tested the blood for Avery's blood, whatnot, and the blood sample. Um, she like somehow while she was doing the testing, got her DNA mixed in with the control for the blood test. And while her DNA only contaminated the control and the actual blood test itself came back, the rule is that test is supposed to be inconclusive. Like, that is the rule of law. If there is contaminated in the control, that test is inconclusive. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't. <laughs> nope, nope, this is, this is Stephen's DNA. And, oh, well, we can't retest it because I used the whole sample. So there went all that EDTA testing. Anyway, right? Um, uh, on March 18th, the jury goes, comes back from, uh, from their deliberations after 22 hours <laughs> of deliberation. They find Avery guilty of intentional homicide and being fell in possession of a firearm. Uh, they did acquit him of mutilation of a corpse, so there's that. Uh, right afterwards, well, a month later, Brendan Dassey's taken. Uh, goes in. His trial lasts for about 11 days, and the jury finds him guilty in rape, murder, and mutilation of Hallbach, of which there was no evidence of anything but the murder and mutilation. Right? <laughs> um, Avery is sentenced to life imprisonment with no chance of parole. Uh, Brennan sentenced to life in prison and becomes eligible for parole in 2048. Um, then the appeals begin. And they appeal it as far as they can on the the state level, at which point, basically, that's as far as his Avery's lawyers can go with it. Um, and then uh, Brendan, his lawyers bow out of it, and they end up going to the uh, Innocence Project, Minnesota Innocence Project, to get, take his to, like, Supreme Court and whatnot. And Brendan's conviction actually gets overturned after a while. Um, it goes all the way up to Supreme Court. Uh, like the circuit court in Chicago, and those judges say, "No, no, we're vacating." You have, they, they, you have like thirty days or whatever to either uh, give him a new trial, release him, or give him bond. You know, whatnot. And they, they eventually like were able to fight it and get that overturned again. But like, there's been a whole lot of appeal shit going on. Um, then comes. Avery's new lawyer, who is a fucking superstar, basically, of um, exoneration cases. 
Uh, that's pretty much exclusively what she does. And she takes Stephen's case pro bono. Um, now, she's Which kind means of a, she knows something. She's, she's kind of a bitch, right? She, uh, she, she, if, if she knows you're guilty, she, ain't, she won't defend you. And it's because of this case she did years and years ago, um, she was like the serial killer, right? She was defending him, and uh, he had AIDS, I think, and she kept trying to get him to, she knew that he was guilty, and she kept trying to give him, you know, give up the bodies. As soon as he died from AIDS, she gave them all the bodies, right? And after that, she said she would never again defend someone she knew to be guilty. And she is defending Stephen Avery after doing multiple investigations on her own. She's also the one that has given us the Bobby Dassey theory. Um, like I said, she's kind of a bitch. I wouldn't want to go against her, man. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, she's a hell of a lawyer if you, if you are innocent. She's worthless if you're guilty. And uh, she has actually filed a 154-page motion. <laughs> yeah, I was going to look into that, and I was like, oh, my, f- no. Um, but, yeah, I was going to bring that up that, the, with the, the new motion and stuff that's just coming out with that. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and I clicked on that, and I looked at it, and I said, yeah, that's a little much to, uh, to browse through. Well, see, luckily, <laughs> I found a guy on YouTube that just reads it. So <laughs> I was moving around doing shit in here. Well, I just found that particular part, you know, not long ago, and was just, you know, was going to peruse over it. And there's no perusing that. Yeah, it goes into a lot about Bobby Dassey and why she thinks. And like I said, it's not the defense's job to prove that Bobby Dassey is guilty. All they have to do is show that there's reasonable doubt that Stephen is guilty of it. You know, and. Uh, and if they can prove that there should have been that should have been introduced to a jury, because they're using uh, Stevens' old lawyers, they're giving them an, as another excuse for a new trial is ineffective counsel. Um, and it's not so much. And she even said, you know, it's not so much that they they did a bad job, but they need to show that they didn't use. They could have brought this into trial and did not. And here's what would have happened if they did. And then she goes into the Super Bobby. Yeah. So they're using the ineffective counsel thing to back up and bolster their claim of their Denny of their Denny case, which is you're nothing personal, body. bitches. But y'all ain't me. I can let me handle this shit. Yeah, and they they both like, well, we did everything we could, but we understand. You know, you got the, that's their only play right now, and she's doing it. Like um, it's it's I don't it's still in the courts right now, um, and of course we'll keep everybody updated on it. But yeah, that is Stephen Avery. Um, now we can talk about our thoughts. <laughs> Mike? Yeah, who the hell knows what to think about that, man. Um, yeah, I think somebody in the family's got a big hand in it and everybody else trying to cover up a stain, honestly. It's my own personal thing, and, yeah, I would definitely be looking at old Bobby. <laughs> yeah, I think she's. I think the girl's on a point there. And, uh <clears throat> It uh, yeah he wasn't it, that shit wasn't done in the house. No, it didn't um, happen there. There's there's no even on the shackles and shit they found. There's no uh, DNA of Teresa at all. Um, which is weird because everybody's story said that she went into the damn house to to get paid. But, well, no, uh, no. Uh, Avery said that she never actually entered the house. That um and they they used things like they found uh. A piece of paper with like her. They, well, in his first interview, it was you know how, what what usually happens, and it was you know she come by and she take pictures and we talk about it, and she come in get paid and leave. 
you know, so she would normally go into the house to get paid. Well, well, I mean, but nothing of her was found. Not a stray hair, nothing. I mean, yeah, I've, I've got hair. You know, it goes places. It falls out whenever the fuck it wants to. It's rapidly happening as I age. But. <laughs> um, nothing, not a shred. Like she has never, ever, ever set foot in there. Yeah. Um, I, I, am de- I am on team release, Brendan, and Stephen Avery needs to try. Like Dr. Phil said, if he did it, put him under the fucking jail. I don't know about completely released, but he definitely needs new charges. Well, you know, considering he was, I think that he was improperly in prison for something he didn't do. I'd say call it even. Yeah, okay. No, 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 not Avery. I'm talking about Brendan. Yeah, Brendan. Yeah, he's in with the cover-up, right? <laughs> yeah, he's in with the cover-up. I think they, I think they just kind of used him, man. Maybe. But you'd have to prove to me that he doesn't know right from wrong. You'd have to prove to me that he that, that that confession came from anything except from the leads from the detectives and his own imagination as he was trying to give him the answer. Uh, I, I, I say, I'll, consent, I'll concede that the original trial is bullshit and he's already spent enough time in for his hand in the cover-up, so we'll call it even kind of a thing. You right. Know. You're taking the West <laughs> Memphis 3 approach on it. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, well, we fucked up here, but you're still guilty of something, so we'll call it even and let you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I'm cool with that. Getting on it down there. <laughs> Air raids? <laughs> oh shit! But uh, yeah, we, we can we can let him out. You know, he's he's part of the cover up, but he's already spent some time in jail, probably. He's been there a long time. So, um, Avery, yeah, um, yeah, a new trial, yeah, change the charges. He's he's got a big part in the cover up. He know he knows where those fires. Like I said, are. I'm not. I, I, I'm in no way thinking that Avery's innocent. Um, he could be, but there's just a, he, he could have just easily been involved. I think it he, would help things. But my problem is, Bobby doesn't work on the scrapyard, right? Stephen does. Stephen would have crushed that goddamn car. I'm I'm sure of it. <laughs> there's why was the car still there? Maybe he didn't think the shit was going to pop off fast enough and he had time. I don't know what the it would have been. The collective IQ of that family has to have been enough to say, they're going to come look. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it had to. Now you figure Steve would have been like, oh, hell no, this ain't happening to me again. And would have got rid of it, even at that. Even if he didn't know nothing else, you know, oh shit, that girl's car's here, she's been missing. Oh, no, no, hell to the fuck no. Yeah. It, nothing new comes on there. If he knew it was there, and trust me, if you're in the fucking, you, you know when a vehicle gets put in your car. You you walk, yeah. you wake up every morning and you look around and you you see it. I mean, you, you, something new doesn't come in and you don't know it. And, and Bobby, Bob, Bobby, he did some shit. Like, I could actually see a situation of Bobby and Stephen working together to get uh, Let's not forget the ex-boyfriend that has a zero fucking you know, re- remorse or, or feelings about know, his right? ex-girlfriend. It's so weird about it. You, you cared for her so much for a while. I get it that you're not together anymore, but you know now you're just all blasé about the fact that she's missing. And, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now you see what I was saying before we did this episode, you know, when we first and started talking the about the mother this that's you know shedding no fucking tears. You know, saying you know, phrases like you already know what the outcome is. Oh yeah, that her mother kind of reminds me a little bit of a uh, um, Patsy Ramsey. Oh God, yeah, but yeah. I mean, th- these people knew everybody that we're I'm seeing on this. Some, every single one of them knows something about it. They're all in it. It's one big giant thing trying to cover up the sins of one person in that family. Now, which one of them actually did it? I'm looking at the kid, the, the other kid, though. Um, Bobby. Bobby. Yeah, I, I'm looking at him really fucking hard because he just seems like the type that would. No, Stephen himself seemed like the type that would, but I just yeah. don't think he was. I don't think he was the one this time. Yeah, he might not have been the brightest bulb in, in, in the in the room. But, but he ain't that fucking dumb, right? Yeah, you got thirty eight million dollars coming to you. You just sit back and wait, and then you can do whatever the fuck you want later. Yeah, and you feel so confident with your cleanup job that you then get her missing person poster and hang it up in your in your living room, the dining room or whatever. Which again leads me to a, a completely different fucked up reason why he would have it hanging there. You know, I don't think he did it. He knows, but, you know, I would, I, I still lead to more toward, you know, he was just like, you know, he really liked her and, he, you know, thought she was a great person. Maybe not, you know, my girlfriend kind of thing, but, you know. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> but, Definitely more along the lines that maybe she was you know, the shining light in his life kind of a thing. Maybe she was just too good for it. You know, maybe he actually did look up to her. You know, and you know, wished he could reach to that level. Yeah, in in a weird in, in a weird like um, Jodie Foster and John Hinkle whatever type of way. Uh, drawing a mind um, blank on that the guy who took a who who but the weird his, kid trying to get up with the cheerleader. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. So the guy, there was a guy who attempted to kill President Reagan, and he did it because he thought it would make Jodie Foster love him. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. (laughs) And they had never even met. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 The weird kid trying to get with the cheerleader. Out of your fucking league. Wish you could do anything for her. You know. She don't even know your name. Don't know how to act. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think it's more along those lines. You know, not that you know he was putting up a trophy on his shrine, even though it does kind of look a lot like a shrine. <laughs> but it, it could be way. a shrine for the other direction too. Um, but he he knows something happened, and I think he knows who did it. And you know, they're trying to cover it the fuck up because they don't want that stain. I don't know why they would be concerned. Just let the fucker you know hang for it, and you know. Kick him out of the, the, the kick him off the family tree kind of a thing and move on. <laughs> but no, you went the about, other direction. I don't know why. I heard one guy talk about the Avery family. He was like, man, he's like, I don't know if there's incest going on. Is their family tree a stump? I'm not sure. <laughs> <coughs> that would explain why you would go through all this fucking trouble. Yeah. If the family runs a little deeper than just cousin. Mm-hmm. That'd be, yeah, that, that, oh God, that would explain why somebody would go through all this to cover this crap up when you're facing $38 million coming your way. (laughs) 
36 million, but let's not get hung up on details. <laughs> it's a round number. I couldn't remember it, so it's, it was photographic. It, it's more than we'll ever have. Yeah, the shape of the number. Yeah, that's how I remember numbers. Sometimes it gets a little blurry. <laughs> but like Bigfoot, it's close. It wasn't a seven. Yeah, that's exactly how they are. Is it a three, a six, an eight, possibly a nine? Because it's that's digital. Like, like, yeah, so they're about to win a million dollar lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, my mind is weird. I see numbers as digital clock number structures. <laughs> oh, man. Probably in Roman numerals. No. I, we updated to the 50s. <laughs> oh, man. That's why I know how to work a pen, but a computer is a little out of my league. Yep. <laughs> well, um, I guess... Uh, yeah, look into it, folks. Yeah, Judge your own opinions. It's it's a weird story. It it it'll it'll throw your brain in a fucking knot. Yeah, yeah, and you know, so many people are on one side or the other, and I'm you know, I'm over here kind of dancing back and forth, like, well, maybe everything's true. Like, <laughs> maybe the cops did plan it, but maybe he is guilty. <laughs> like, maybe they did work they didn't have to do. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't I don't really know. Um, so yeah, you can uh. Uh, uh, I said this was a voted in topic. Um, And if you made it this far and you liked it, you know why haven't you hit that like button? Why haven't you shared it? Leave some comments. Hell yeah! If you don't like anything I said, good comment on it. Um, you know whatever. Uh, yeah. So our next uh, we're going to update our voter topic list. Everything that's on there except for Stephen Avery remain on there. And uh, I don't know what we're going to replace Stephen Avery with. Uh. I don't know. If you want to find out, join our Patreon and uh, Patreon. Get on there, and five dollar tier gives you gives you the, uh, the, the ability to vote. And, you know, voting's important. Every every vote counts. Right now, the only vote is Dustin. And, and Doc, uh, if you're listening to this one, I'm gonna tell you again. Don't tell me your 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 your, your uh, ideas. Make a comment. That's where we're gonna take it from. <laughs> yep. Uh you can so you can leave comments there. You can also uh we are finally on fucking iTunes. <laughs> and we are finally on iHeartRadio. Uh we're on Samsung Podcast. The only thing left. The only two platforms we there, there's only two platforms we're not on, folks. That is Stitcher and Google Podcasts. We're everywhere else. Every fucking where else. Um <laughs> even some of our stuff's on YouTube. This one's gonna be our first YouTube video kind of. Uh, we were going to do an actual video, but yeah, we we suck at things, so we're we're trying to figure out how to set all that up. So, but you got a slideshow video. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, yeah, uh, Mike, you got anything? No, y'all folks be good. But remember, like, share, subscribes if you're on the YouTube's, all that good stuff. Click them buttons, do them things. It's really going to help us out there. That's all you really have to do to help us. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Catch you on the next one. Yep, yep, guys. And remember, if you like our intro and outro music, check out Wickless Sky. And uh, fuck around and find out.